Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. And now, Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. What's up, everybody? It is Move the Sticks. I'm Bucky Brooks, and I'm here with my man Lance D. Stepping in for DJ. We're going to talk about all things combine. Uh, Lance, I know you're kind of the king of the combine. What's going on, my man? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not king of the combine. That designation goes back to Alonzo Highsmith, who is back with the New England Patriots. So, kind of inside, uh, kind of inside baseball there. But if you know, you know. So yeah, Zoe is back in the NFL game. So the true king of the combine is back. No, nah, so look, it, it, it's so great, and it, it kind of jumps off uh, a little bit. Alonzo coming back, Elliot Wolf taking over as the, the the king decision maker for the New England mm-hmm. Patriots. Uh, it should be fun because we got all our guys. All our guys are moving on up. Chad Alexander is assistant general manager with the uh, L.A. Yeah. Chargers. We got polls. Got to make your boy. You got to make big decisions. He's probably not returning your phone calls at all. Um, <laughs> That's how it works right? now. <laughs> Once they get up to a certain level, man, it's it's a wrap. So it is a wrap. <laughs> and so what you have to do is when you see him, uh, he probably doesn't even go out and about anymore. But then when you bump into him, you got to tell him. It's like the phone. The phone doesn't work anymore. We, we we can't get down. We're not we're not buddies anymore. I was that say? Hold on, man. Let me. I think you may have accidentally muted me. Check check the uh, <laughs> check on the contact list. But uh, no, it is. There's some interesting storylines. You know, the top three is going to be a big one, two, three. You got new decision makers going on, and at number two and number three, you've got uh, of course the Patriot Way is not. Gerard Mayo is there, but you know the Green Bay. You know the Green Bay way, and and Elliot has yeah. been very specific about they're going to do things the Green Bay way, which is building slow and steady, and making sure that they're constantly getting better. Um, they're not going to force things. I think that's frankly what New England has been missing for several years. It got too inside, the circle got too tight, and I don't know that there was a balance of information and a balance of opinion in that building, and so. Number three is going to be one of the most interesting picks to me in this year's draft for a variety of reasons, but primarily, you know, how do you stack the quarterbacks versus wide receivers? I know that's not what we're talking about today, but I'm just telling you, that's one of the well, entries. I don't know. Like, like, look, this is this is the preview for the combine. So let, let's talk about that because you and I haven't had a chance to scrimmage okay. these things. Uh, let's talk about the number one issue that everyone is going to talk about in this combine are how the quarterbacks stack. And so – let me hear your take. How do you have the guys ranked right now, one to three at quarterback? Right now, I've got it, uh, Caleb, a little bit ahead of Jaden Daniels. Uh, then I go with a boom bust grade for uh, for um, uh, Drake May. Then slightly below that would be Bo Nix. I'm sorry, I'm so, yeah, Bo Nix, and then JJ McCarthy right after that, and then Michael Penix. Um, it's not going to go down like that. JJ McCarthy is going to be at least the fourth quarterback off the board, and outside chance of the third. It just seems like NFL teams are really – there are some teams that are a lot higher on them than the general public seems to be, and and that's because I think they see intangibles that maybe the public is potentially missing. So I will say when I went back and I'm watching DBs um, and, and, te- and guys playing against Michigan, the more I watched 
Michigan's offense against the DBs. I'm watching. I'm like, ooh, that was a nice throw by JJ. And so I wondered if maybe I just I, it was one of those days where I kind of had some blinders on, and maybe I didn't see some of the things that he was doing. So I think it's going to be big for him. You got three quarterbacks who have decided not to throw here. Potentially the top three. That's a big opening for Penix, Knicks, uh, uh, and McCarthy. And then you know, to a lesser extent, I think Spencer Rattler. So. It's uh, it's opened the doors. These guys who are not working out kind of open the doors for other guys to become a bigger part of the conversation. So okay, so let's let's break this up in 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 a few because the way that you read it off, you had Caleb Williams uh, as a notch ahead of Jaden Daniels, and then you had but I don't have May it as, as wild card. But I don't have it as big a spread as other people do. I think okay, I, so let's I, talk about that. Let's let's, yeah. let's talk about Caleb Williams and Jaden Daniels because I'll I'll give my take on Caleb Williams. Yeah. I think Caleb Williams is very good. I can't say that he's great. I think the conversation that has been around him for the last year and a half, two years about him being Pat Mahomes, I think that is over the top. I think he's a really good prospect. I think he's special at doing some things in an improvisational way. I think he has arm talent, but I don't know. I, look, it's not I don't know. I just don't see him as the game changer that Pat Mahomes is. I just think he's a really good prospect. I think he's going to have to have to learn how to play on time. He's going to have to be a little more disciplined when it comes to taking care of the ball, right situation, right environment. He's a winning quarterback, a starting quarterback, a Pro Bowl quarterback. I can't say that I see him and say, hey, he's a gold jacket guy like people are talking about, like with Pat Mahomes. Yeah, that's how I see it exactly. And I was expecting to see that on tape. And when you watch the tape, and I went back to last year too, and there's some of the same stuff. I mean, coming off schedule so much, I know it's hard to kind of relearn to trust your receivers, trust the process, trust the offense. Trust your reads. I know he sees certain he sees certain guys open, but he doesn't want to throw short of the sticks on third down like ever. So he tries to extend everything. And I give him credit. Like when he leaves a pocket, he's still looking to hurt you with his his legs first. I mean his arm first. But I think at some point there needs to be a balance of go ahead and beat teams with your legs when you need to. Go ahead and take that little that little uh, third option cross five, you know, shallow cross so that that little late crosser or running back leaking out of the backfield. Go ahead and take that. And if you got a punt, you got a punt. So I think getting them to play on time and play uh, with the rhythm and to trust the reads, I think is going to be a battle. But the talent is all there. I mean, he's very, very talented. But honestly, Bucky, when I watch Jaden Daniels tape, he had better tape this year than uh, mm -hmm. Caleb Williams. I don't think it's really even arguable, to be honest with you. But you don't just grade the tape. You grade the projection. Jaden Daniels, if he were 220 pounds, he'd be the first pick. To me, but he's not. He's a oh, slender oh, oh, guy. Oh, 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 wait, wait, wait! I can't let that yeah. go. I can't let that go. We got to okay. pick that up. That is that is going to be picked up. You're saying that if Jaden Daniels was 220 pounds, he would be the number one pick in the draft. I think if he were built a little different, not so slender, yes, because he's a true. He's a rare. Name me the run pass guy. Name me the dual threat quarterback that was as dangerous a passer as he was a runner. And I think that's what Jaden Daniels is. And we can go through a lot of dual threat quarterbacks, but rarely will you see a guy to me that showed the ability to get through progressions, throw with accuracy. I thought Jaden Daniels did a lot with his arm. And then when he gets outside of the pocket, we're talking about a thousand yard rusher. So he's kind of one of those rare guys where the scale doesn't slide heavy on the run side and lighter on the pass side. That dude is pretty balanced as a dual threat quarterback. I just think, you know, and rightfully so, mm -hmm. you see him, man. That is a slim – that he is slim. He's not slim thick. He's just slim, slim. <laughs> he's slim. He's slim, but, like, he's slim like Lamar Jackson is slim. 
but he is a better passer in college than Lamar Jackson was. Yeah. I think your point about him being kind of the one, I think people are sleeping on Jaden Daniels, even though like now it's become more popular to rank him as the number two quarterback. But when you watch him, look, Lance, he's the only player in FBS history to have 12,000 pass yards and 3,000 rush yards. Like, yeah. no one has done it. He's a fifth-year player with 55 starts under his belt. You know, he went from a place at Arizona State where it was loosey-goosey to now he played under uh, a guy who was a disciplinarian and Brian Kelly, and his game flourished. There's a lot to like about Jaden Daniels uh, in terms of being the guy at the top of the board. And it will be interesting as they get to it uh, with Caleb Williams. Like, Caleb Williams has kind of been grandfathered in as the number one. But it will be interesting because we saw this last year. Bryce Young goes number one, C.J. Stroud goes number two. And right now, there are people that are trying to figure out how did they ever rate Bryce Young over C.J. Stroud? Because when you look at C.J. Stroud, he checked off all the boxes in terms Mm -hmm. of size, arm talent, throwing. He goes to H-Town and puts it down. And now everyone is like, ooh. Where you go matters, though, Bucky. I mean, where you goes, (laughs) where you go matters. And I think if you look at it, I think going to Chicago is going to be potentially better than going to Washington right now. I mean, as it's built now, I think Paul's got a lot of – he's got two picks in the top ten in Chicago. Um, you added a very good ride ride receiver last year when you made a smart trade with Carolina. Um, I, I think that where you go certainly mattered for Bryce versus uh, C.J. Stroud, so that matters too. But if you're a special Pat Mahomes type, you can kind of – you have the ability to raise oh, people you, around you. Yeah, Always, I mean, or you're, you're a James Harden type. I am the system. So I am the system, that. exactly. <laughs> exactly. Right. Hey, I, I want to ask That's you, Bucky, how much does – because this is a big deal this year. Michael Penix is going to be a 25-year-old rookie. Uh, 25-year, 24-year-old rookie for Bo Nix. 24-year-old rookie for Jaden Daniels. These guys played a lot of football. Uh, Daniels and Nix, they, they, they kind of – I don't want to say they – Bo Nix reinvented himself in Oregon. Jaden Daniels just extended what he had started – in uh in 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 Arizona State and they both got better as their careers went on. Are you bothered at all by quarterbacks who are 24 years old? Because the flip side is they are much more experienced and they have gone through ups and downs and and learned to overcome some adversity. Yeah, I actually like it. I actually like the fact that they have some scuffs and scrapes, you know, and so this is great because you took me to where we should go. I think Knicks and Penix have to travel together just because of their experience and their age thing. So what I like about Bo Nix is Bo Nix has played a ton of games, right? I mean, you just think about the amount of starts that he has logged on his time at Auburn and Oregon. He has improved the last two years at Oregon. He has become an absolute dealer. I have envisions of him playing in an offense like a a, a Sean McVay type offense where he absolutely crushes it, uh, doing things that are very similar to Jerry Goff, but he's a more athletic version of what Jerry Goff could, could present in that offense. I, I just think his experience, I think his intangibles, his maturity, all those things are off the charts. You just have to know what you're getting. You're you're not getting a home run hitter. You're getting a singles and doubles hitter. You're getting yeah. each hero. You know, you're getting a guy that wants yeah. to play more small ball or whatever. Now, Michael Penix, Michael Penix is a big play hunter. Everything is bombs away. He's attacking down the field. He wants to play vertical. He wants to do it. Um, I, I was super high on him. I know he has four season in the injuries. I know people will talk about the frame and the toughness and those things, but if we're just talking about spinning it, there are not many guys that spin it like he spins it. I mean, we'll talk about the talent that he has on the perimeter at UW, but man, you just talk about attacking the field. He attacks the field 
like nobody's business. I, my only, you know, I'm just, there's two things that concern me with him. It's the injuries. I don't really care about the age. Um, I do care about a little bit that his numbers were so, so I followed the numbers and went and watched the tape and he just isn't the same passer when you make him move his feet and get it outside of the pocket. It just, the the accuracy, oh, no. the poise, it comes way down. When he's in the pocket though, you know, nobody threw more intermediate, a bigger percentage of intermediate and deep balls than in their offense than Michael Penix. And I thought Grubbs, uh, Ryan Grubbs, the, the offense coordinator over there, I thought Grubbs' play calling and passing system was great for giving us a look at what Michael Penix could look like on the pro level because it's not dink and dunk stuff. Mm-hmm. He's got a lot of opportunities to explore the intermediate. He's got a lot of inter- ability to you know, to take a look at safeties and make decisions on safety safety corner combinations in terms of how they're covering and make decisions on some of the combo routes they had. I, I think – I think that offense gives you a good look at who Michael Penix could be on the pro level. The game against Texas might have been the best game I saw any quarterback play uh, in in college. You know, last year the best game I saw of any quarterback was C.J. Stroud versus Georgia, and we saw how that worked out. The best game I saw this year was was Michael Penix against Texas. I'm not sure – you know, the, the next game wasn't great. I don't know how much of that was his fault. Uh, the offensive line just wasn't protecting, but um, and they really didn't. You know, they had a beat up running back. It was a lot of things that, that didn't work in their favor. But you look at Penix and, and Texas and the flashes in that one and you go, whew, man, if he could put this together on a regular basis, this guy is going to be a real problem yeah. in an offense that lets him attack vertically. Yeah, he's the biggest one that needs the pieces around him to be in place, particularly the protection. Last thing on the quarterback, uh, I think Drake May and J.J. McCarthy are more similar than different, uh, and a couple of different facts. One, everyone's going to love the intangibles. They're going to love the prototypical size and dimensions that they bring, the arm talent that also shows up. Well, both of those guys also have the least amount of experience of the guys that we're talking about. Yeah. Both of these guys have fewer than 30 starts in their respective careers. Why did you dub Drake May the biggest boom or bust prospect at the position? Well, because the traits are great. The arm talent is really a plus. Um, doesn't throw with a whole lot of touch. I think the read in the field is is an issue. I, I didn't love his wide receivers this year. Now, he had Josh Downs, who was really good last year. He had uh, uh, Walker this year, who Tez Walker, who is a good deep ball threat, but really struggles sometimes in terms of – ball skills and his hands underneath and but mm-hmm. some of that is Drake May throwing at 100 miles an hour like you got to back off and give your guys a chance to like learn how to throw yeah. that off speed pitch every once in a while because your wide receivers need that so I still think he's very much a uh, a player in progress like we we don't know we haven't seen the best of Drake May which which is the boom stuff he's got a lot of great stuff to him the bust is that I think the expectations are so high on him, but I don't think he's there yet. And if you rush him into something, mm-hmm. I think that could be a big mistake. I think he's one of those guys you don't want to rush into uh, game action. I think you want to try to have him sit for half a year or maybe a full year and really learn an offense and learn to to have some woe as opposed to all that go. Well, I like that. So, look, this is a natural breaking point. So, look, let's take a break. But on the other side, I got questions, Lance. I got questions. Look, we'll be right back after this break. All right, Lance, so I teased it. I told you I got a bunch of questions going into the combine. Uh, this is what the combine is for. The combine is to help uh, scouts, coaches, personnel people answer some of the questions that popped off the tape. So I got a question for you. 
who is the prospect that you're most excited to see this week? Who, man. For the whole week, there's actually, speaking of questions, to stay on this theme, there's a long pass rusher from Kansas named Austin Booker. And that may not be the name you were looking for, but this joker has played one season of football. He's played less than He's played just over 500 total snaps of college football, and you know how low that is, Bucky. Spent two years at at Minnesota. I think he had eight snaps his second year, none his first year. Transferred to to, um, Kansas, was not a full-time starter, still ended up with something like eight and a half sacks. His work against Banks, the left tackle from Texas, who's considered a high-end left tackle prospect next year, was fantastic. This guy has... He's 6'6", six, six, like 240, and he's got really intriguing leverage with his length. He, he's a relentless rusher. He shows flashes that are like a smaller version of Dyree Wilson. And I'm thinking, wait a minute now. This guy's only played 500 snaps, basically, of college football. He's got one year of football under his belt. That's it. He's only 240 pounds, and yet I think he's going to test great, and he's – and you know the big problem is I missed on Max Crosby. I thought Max Crosby's too skinny. He doesn't have big arms. He's not going to be strong enough. But he's got so much dog. that, And I could see it on tape. Never underestimate dog. Because Max Crosby, and he let me hear about it on Twitter too. Don't worry. He came back with some receipts on me. That's fine. That's fine. I like it. He has that edge. I'm not missing on another Max Crosby. If I miss on Austin Booker, that's fine. But I learned from Max Crosby you better trust what you see on tape and maybe not get too caught up when guys are that relentless and find ways around the block that that ends up playing in the NFL too. Okay. So I got a name for you. Reminds me listening to you. Reminds me of Ziggy Ansah. Ziggy Ansah came out of BYU, came out of nowhere, didn't know where he was, popped up and then ends up being a guy that played at a pro bowl level for the Detroit Lions. Not saying they're the same, but when you listen to the production and the limited amount of action, it does lead you to be like, mm, maybe, you know, so maybe those things can happen. But I, right, but, so but, I, I really want to see Chop Robinson too. Like, Ooh. I think. Oh, yeah. That, am I stealing yours? Because Chop is, am I watching another I Michael know. Parsons? I wonder, man, because like, he's on Bruce Feldman's freaks list. Everyone has talked about it. He's going to run into four fours. He's going to jump uh, over a, a tall building and single bound. He's going to do all of those things. But you don't see the production. Right. So you don't have significant sack production. So you just wonder. However, the flashes, the first step quickness, the burst, all of those traits are there. And we've seen Penn State the last couple of years, they have had some remarkable athletes kind of come through those doors. Away. And yeah, I mean, like, and you Parsons, see them flash. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm with you. Chop Robinson is a guy for me because I have him like in the top five. I put him in mocks and those things. But this guy's. Speed and quickness, I think he can make the biggest jump of anybody at the combine. So, yeah, I'm with you on yeah. on Chop Robinson. Who do you feel like is the most slept on? Who's the most slept on guy that, like, the, the name that people aren't talking enough about that we will be buzzing about when the combine ends? Um, at any position? Yeah, just anybody, anybody. Oh, man, there's a guy. Let me pull him up. He is uh, – I got done watching him. And from Florida State, the corner green. Um, want to make sure I get his his last name, his first name right. That guy here he is, Renardo Green. I watched so Renardo Green. I'm watching him, and 
I start off right off the bat with LSU. So he's got to get Brian Thomas Jr. and he's got Malik Neighbors. So good luck with that. Ooh. This guy was an absolute blanket. Like Malik Neighbors didn't Ooh. like it. He was all over every route Malik <laughs> threw him. And I mean, I was I was shocked. He stays low off of press and he is he'll match the release, you know, he'll just he'll let you turn it outside if you want. He'll give it to you and then he's got so much quickness and so much bend and change of direction that he is able to just shadow everything from the top. Anywhere you want to bend it, he's going to be right there with you. I'm, I'm like, I kept myself from giving him a first-round grade. I'm like, it's, no one's talking about him. i got to be too high on him. But, you know, if he's showing that, on, t- I gave him a second-round grade, but I expect him to run mm. well. And when he does, I think that's the name you're going to hear a lot because people are really sleeping on Renardo Green. He is really talented. I think he might end up being better than Kool-Aid McKinstry, who is probably going to go in one. Mm, that's nice. I, that, yeah. I, I like that. Watch I him, like Buck. I'm man. interested to see what you think too, because because man, it's guys with body control that are built low to the ground and don't have that little tilt. You know, when they they can't slow themselves down, that momentum, that that top yeah. heavy stuff. Yeah. He doesn't have that. Everything's built low, so he's able to shift and and bend very quickly from the lower half. Yeah, man, this is funny. The name that I'm gonna give you in terms of sleeping on, and maybe I'm partial because his dad was in Carolina when I was there. Chris Jenkins. Uh, Chris Jenkins' mm-hmm. athleticism is going to make people go crazy. Now, they're going to look at the Michigan thing and they're going to look at the production and be like, why didn't he have more stuff? But I'm going to tell you right now, if he has any of the stuff that his dad had, because remember, his dad was a second-round pick coming out of Maryland. Uh, there were people that thought he was a bit of an enigma, couldn't figure it out. He plays, he jumps in that line, and part of the reason that team went to the Super Bowl because he dominated on the inside. Dominant. I'm not saying that Junior is the same, but Junior's traits. You're just not going to find guys that are his size that can move like him and do all that other stuff. And depending on, we talk about uh, scouting the coaches, knowing what you have, man, if you have a good D-line coach that knows how to kind of get him, get him going, he has all the things that you look for. So I think people are sleeping on him. Yeah. And then I, I, I would say this, the linebacker, and I don't know how well he's going to test, but there are a lot of people that will buzz about him. But man, I, look, I'm going to say this, I think Peyton Wilson may end up being the best linebacker that comes out of this group in terms of inside linebacker. When you look at the instincts, the intangibles, the toughness, the effort that he plays with, to me, he's a throwback linebacker. Injuries are going to be a part of his evaluation because he's been beat up a little bit at NC State, but this dude is a real dude, man. He 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 is a real one from sideline to sideline controlling the game. Yeah, I'm a little worried about, you know, I've I've had some some people share the fact that they're they're a little worried about how the the medicals are going to come out on him which i think is you know, gonna in be turn impacted me a it's little bit be, but buck he's six foot four i mean he's a six four 240 pound linebacker now and he can run that's you don't find a lot of those dudes lve late man edge type like when you think about like that size that length like being able to kind of punish folks or whatever um last one Give me a surprise name. So on Thursday, the combine kicks off Thursday, February 29th with D-line and linebackers 3 p.m. Eastern on NFL Network and NFL Plus. So for everyone tuning in to that that I just read, yeah, give me one name. Give me one name that we need to pay attention to. I would say um, Michael Hall from Ohio State. This guy is going to be – I have to believe, watching him on tape, his quickness numbers are going to be off the charts. Like if he tests – He's going to be explosive. He's going to have a high vert, a good broad. He's going to have short area stuff. And my guess is he's going to run somewhere in the four eights. Like 
This guy is a little undersized, but he's incredibly disruptive. You got to have a plan for him because he is a little smaller, but as a sub package rusher, Frankly, he's just too much for, for guards to handle. So I think he's going to end up really testing exceptionally well. That's a guy, you know, it's a position that I think Tavondre Sweat's going to come in really heavy. That's what the buzz is. He could fall in this draft. Somebody else is going to rise up. I think Hall may be one of those guys that tests well and rises up in the in the uh, draft process. Well, look, man, I'm excited. You and I are going to be there on the call. We're going to be on yep. Combine today on all the digital platforms. So make sure you tune in. Make sure you catch Lance and myself. Afterward, what Friday, Saturday, Sunday, we're going to be doing pods, kind of reviewing what took place uh, the previous day. So make sure you keep it locked to move the sticks. Should be fun. Lance, look forward to seeing you at the combine. It's going to be a lot of fun. Let's you get it, Buck. Talk to you soon. Looking right, forward man. to it. Later, guys.